hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening, thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 184. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au will tell you more about them shortly. My name's Trevor Long, and if you're joining us on YouTube, because we're streaming it live for the first time, and I believe, as it works, the, the show will be available as two ugly blokes, or one ugly bloke and one very handsome former footballer, uh, talking tech on YouTube. So uh, joining me each and every week, as always, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. As someone, I think, commented on YouTube already, a historic occasion. Very um, historic. So the old uh, only got heads for radio is out the window tonight, mate. Gone ski. Heads for radio. <laughs> but let's 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 be clear. Stephen was wearing makeup earlier today because he was on the television. So I'm just I'm just saying I'm just yeah, saying there's no shine on your head, mate. You're looking beautiful. That was 12 hours ago, mate. It was a struggle to keep it on the whole day. But anyway. All right, we've got uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So let's get cracking. Two blokes talking tech. So this is where it gets interesting with a video. We can we can show stuff now as well. And the first product we're going to talk about tonight was launched uh, last night by Huawei. And uh, you know this is yet another phablet. Um, but there's something. There's a few really special things about this, mate. Um, I've got I've got the uh, Obsidian Black version, which to me it's just grey, like it's just well, a dark grey. The amber gold version, actually, Trevor. I thought that was oh, a God. little. In fact, GK, who who works for Huawei, pretty much said to me she didn't think it was my style. <laughs> so, but look, <laughs> that it's, was, um, it, it's it's a, actually it, last it, night. It is a phablet, um, exactly the same size in terms of uh, the device uh, as a Samsung Galaxy Note, like slightly bigger by by the millimeters. But look, for me, it, you know, it's it's a big phone. It's actually got a very big screen. The the percentage of the screen that takes up the body is huge. I mean, it is a huge screen compared to even the, the Galaxy Note and the, and the iPhone 6 Plus. But what's really critical for me is the one feature that, that it's you know, sold on is the fingerprint, and it is the best fingerprint scanner on any smartphone. And I say that with, you know, with obvious reference to both Apple iPhone and the Samsung devices. Now, let's be clear, with an iPhone, with an Apple iPhone, you need to press the button, turn it on, and then hold and scan your fingerprint to get it to open up. With a Samsung Galaxy S4 or, or Note 4 as this is, you've got to swipe your finger down. With the Huawei, yeah. the Huawei is off. So we can, we can demonstrate it here. I'll turn it off. So the device is off. I'm not going to touch the power buttons on the side. I'm just going to put my finger over the fingerprint scanner. I'm just going to touch the scanner, and bingo, it turns on. So there's no button push and sensor. I just think, I know it sounds crazy, but I think that's fantastic. I think you know what they've. Uh, I think they've really uh, raised the bar a little bit at Huawei. I think the last uh, eighteen months they've really found their mojo in terms of design and you know the whole look and feel of the product. They've really found that mark. But I think this takes it to the next level. This is a really smartly built device, and and the presentation they had their their launch at the Star City last night, and it was a really polished event. 
it, I think it shows they've come of age in the in the marketplace, and this device I think demonstrates that the the finish is really good. It, it's I've got the gold version, and it's got a six inch screen that takes up eighty three percent of the front of the device. It, yet it's still smaller than the iPhone five. The iPhone five, uh, sorry, the iPhone six plus with five point five inch screen uh, is bigger than this device with a six inch screen. Now I think uh, you're right. You, the, the fingerprint reader is 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 faster than what I found on the iPhone, hmm. um, and it isn't like the Samsung where you, you're spot on. You have to put it absolutely across the middle of the of the button there. But um, I think they've they've taken a really measured approach with this because they know that th this isn't their cheapest device. It's six hundred and ninety nine dollars, so That's it's right. still up there. But it does offer so many features, the fingerprint being one of them. What I like about the fingerprint too, and you relate to this, mate, you've got young kids. You hand this off to a child and you can program your child's fingerprint in it. And what that does is that it opens up a space on the, on the device that's just for them. So that's their right. apps, their own little part of the phone. So they're not going to touch your emails. They're not going to get on your Facebook account. Um, battery life as well. They've got a, a, a 4,100 milliamp hour battery. Uh, so that's going to be a two-day battery life. Octa-core processor. The features are all over this. I think this is going to be a popular product. It's also very well built. And, you know, I go, I bang on about this a lot and, and I kind of have bagged Samsung in some senses for it, for their plasticky approach. And I was heavily praising the, uh, the Galaxy Note 4 because it is sensational in construction. Uh, the Mate 7 from Huawei is is excellent. It's a very premium feel. Um, it doesn't feel – I mean, it's not plasticky, so it doesn't feel that way. But it also um, – you know, the screen is not as high a resolution as, as the Note 4, but it pops. And, you know, that's the thing I always find with these phones. And, you know, it's obviously hard to tell on a, on a YouTube video, let alone anywhere else. But I find that they obviously they, – they give you a really good background wallpaper and all that stuff to, to highlight the phone. But, geez, it looks beautiful. I mean, I turned this on and went, that is – that is sensational. Yeah, they've done a great job. And what I really like their user interface too. Like it is an Android device, obviously, but they've got their own little UI on top of it as well. That's it's it's not not quite overpowering. Um, they still don't have though a full app tray. You know, you know the uh, the the symbol that takes you to all the apps. They're oh, all right. sort of scattered around on different home pages. So, uh, but it does allow you to obviously position your favourite apps on the home screen. But uh, like in in terms of the the design, I th I think it's it's really nice. The 13 megapixel camera as well is very impressive with flash. The front facing camera, the selfie camera, uh, it, what it does, it when you're about to take your selfie photo, it makes the front the screen really bright, so that acts like a little flash, so it illuminates ah. your photo, um, and. It's also my well the the gold version. I'm not sure about the Obsidian black version you've got. My gold version has two SIM card slots. There are two slots on here. One for a micro SIM, the second one for a nano SIM or a micro SD card. So you can choose to run two SIMs or one SIM and a memory card. Uh, so, but it's it not dual SIM. It's not dual well. SIM. It's just it's just the options for the the size of SIM. Is it not? Uh, no, well, no, you can run two SIMs at the same time. So the top, the top slot here, that's for your micro SIM. Right. The bottom slot is either for a nano SIM, which you can run p parallel to the micro SIM, or it will fit a micro SD card, so you can expand the memory. 
which I think is a great idea for, especially if you're a tradie with a, you know, you've got a work phone and a and a private phone, a great way to to utilize that. I know dual SIMs are very big in the Asian market, and of course Huawei is a Chinese brand, so very big in the Asian market. Hmm. So. Uh, Look, I think that uh, they're on a winner here. This is a, a really nice device. It's got a really premium quality feel. Uh, it's obviously not like your average Huawei device where it's it's you know 400 bucks. This is a $700 device. So, uh, you know, they, they, they really, I think they're sort of making a statement here that they can compete with the big boys. Uh, you know, that is Samsung and Apple and everyone else for that matter. So uh, this is, uh, I think, an impressive impressive entry into that top level of the market. The Obsidian Black does have uh, two slots, but one of them is micro SD, one of, one of them is SIM, and it doesn't have any indication that the other one is for a nano SIM. So I think, and they also yeah, have will, different um, memory on board, does, memory capacity. You can put a nano SIM in, in this one. Uh, um, there is even instructions on how to do it mm. uh, in, my, in my kit. You also get the case. There's a case that comes with the gold as well, similar to the, the Samsung case that and the LG Circle case, so that when it's when it's inside, and I'll do it really quickly now, so we can actually see this for those following us. Uh, it actually changes the display, so that oh, I don't probably got a bit of a reflection happening there, but you, you can still see the time, and you can also scroll across to your music oh, yes, player, yeah, and answer the phone, and do all those sorts of things inside the cover that comes with. Uh, the gold version, and look at the size of the box. The box is oh, a monster. No. It's bigger yeah. than my head, the box. It's massive. That is massive. <laughs> so uh, You're not going to miss it, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> look, it's a great device. I was uh, very impressed with what they'd done, and uh, I got a full review and photos up at eftm.com.au, and uh, Stephen will have likewise at techguy.com.au shortly. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we love our photos, and uh, you know, one, one thing one thing about our photographs, unlike anything else we have in our lives, they're real memories. So we, we treasure these images; that they remind us of uh, capture precious moments in our lives, uh, take us back to those great times. And the pain of losing a photo uh, is, is is it's heartbreaking, uh, but. One thing that, that, that doesn't help the, the situation is the fact that we're living in a digital world now. All our photos are digital, scattered across devices, on our phones, on memory cards, on, on devices, uh, external hard drives, you name it. They're scattered everywhere. And as a result, a lot of these images get lost. So that's what that's done. That that's prompted a, a very popular imaging company, Canon, to launch Arista, that's I-R-I-S-T-A. That's a new online photo storage platform that can uh, allow you to manage all your photographs, organize all your images how you like, but also, more importantly, to keep them safe. I often ask the question, if you had to pick, you know, if, if there's a fire in your home and obviously your friends and your, your family, your pets and all that are out of the house, what would you grab? And mm. I bet a lot of people would say the photo albums. It's something they can't replace or the drive with all their photos on it. So Canon have now entered this space, this cloud drive, this cloud storage, like Dropbox for images, if you like. Uh, and being such uh, an experienced company in the imaging space, then I think that lends itself to a bit of trust there where they're going to look after in the right way. And in terms of security, they gave a briefing yesterday, security is paramount, especially 
in wake of what happened with you know the, the celebrity photo hacking scandal that mm. happened a couple of months ago, uh, Canon really went out of their way at this briefing yesterday to explain the security setup and how they've got all these protections in place to protect these precious images because that's one of the reasons why we're going to use the service in the first place. A great idea from Canon. Yeah, look, and I think the thing about photography is people do trust their brand. You know, they trust Canon, Nikon, and uh, when you're dealing with, with a company like Canon, you will have that trust. I will say, though, suggesting that, you know, security is paramount and, it, and it's super safe is basically like saying to a two-year-old, don't press this button. That's like saying to a hacker, please give it a whack. But, you know, they, they can only do their best. And I think that um, that when you're locking down one thing, it's probably a lot easier than a, such an open and big thing like iCloud that's a, that's a much bigger um, usage base as well. So I, do, I agree. I think that what this is tapping into is a really kind of untapped uh, area that is photos. Now, we had this evolution from photos being printed and negatives and all that kind of stuff to digital, and then we had to find a way to print them or display them on digital photo frames. And I think we're now coming to this point where people are realizing that when you have years and years worth of photos, there's a real problem finding them. And I think if Canon can do one other thing, it is to really come up with software um, that's intelligent to allow you to kind of search for things, facial recognition, that kind of stuff becomes really critical in in my photo storage. Absolutely. Well, well, what they've done, they've, you know, Canon, uh, the imaging is is their bread and butter. So they, they obviously their cameras are popular, and all their services across imaging is, yeah, they've been around for seventy five years. What's impressive about the service, and they had they had Steve War there, who does a bit of work with Canon, but he's also an avid photographer. Right. Uh, he, he told a story since since he's been playing Test cricket since the mid eighties and going to all these exotic locations. He's become a real avid photographer. He reckons he's got more than 20,000 photos in his collection, and this was a great way to catalogue them. But what it also does, when you upload your photographs, it tells you, it also reveals the metadata, so not only where you took it. uh, In the case of a digital SLR, it tells you what aperture you used, what sort of lens you used. So all that information is captured with an image. So if you see a particularly great image of yours, you can say, right, okay, I know exactly what I did, what I needed, what I had going to produce that image. And you're, you're learning then to be become a better photographer. So it's not just a simple Dropbox in the sky for photos. It does also have that, that, that other aspect. also has a social aspect. It, it can also suck in all your Facebook photographs. We share a lot of our uh, memories on Facebook. Mm. Uh, and it also allows you to share uh, not only – you can share from Arista to Facebook – and you can even see within Arista people commenting on your photo. So the memory is supplemented by what's happening on Facebook, people talking about your photo, liking about your photo. That then becomes part of that memory. So they've gone to a lot of – they've really given a lot of thought, uh, and it's there is a free portion of the service that you think you get a couple of thousand photos, but it works out that if you want to store a certain number of gig per per year, it works out at like a dollar thirty a week. So – it's, uh, I think, a small price to pay for peace of mind for not only managing your photos but also keeping them secure. All right, check it out. Uh, Stephen will have details of the uh, Canon cloud service at techguide.com.au shortly. Before I mention the uh, Vodafone um, cheap smartphone, a shout-out to, uh, to JJ. Uh, the Aussie beach bum who's uh, tweeted us. He's watching live uh, with the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. Um, hello. Um, we, we are struggling, I'll be honest, Stephen. There was there was a lot more people who have just tuned out. They basically 
they tuned in and then they went, nah, I've had enough. So thanks. Thanks for your support, guys. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Samuel thanks. also, uh, historic stuff on the Twitter. I can't see the YouTube comments as they come through, just in case anyone's uh, leaving comments there or something, because I don't, I don't see them live while we're broadcasting. But uh, thank you for your comments. And tweet us with the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. Now, early this week, and I, I because I was unprepared for this, you know, visual experience i i left the bloody phone at channel nine so my apologies i can't show you but the uh the huawei um the other huawei device we had, we talked about the you know expensive the flagship style sponsored phone that, by, not by sponsored by huawei by the way was sponsored by netgear we'll, uh, we'll explain yeah, we'll that a bit later shortly. as well um the vodafone on monday announced a a 99 dollar smartphone outright purchase 4G. Now, the the big thing there is the 4G. You don't get a 4G phone for 99 bucks. I mean, Kogan had his Agora 4G at 229. So, to get a $99 um, 4G smartphone is a pretty good deal. Now, I had a good play with it over the weekend, and I got to say, good phone. Um, not great, good. It's a hundred dollars, right? That's that's one tenth of the price of some other smartphone. So you you get what that's you pay for. But that your that your cheeseburger is not gourmet a gourmet meal. Uh, it, it's it is what it is. Cheeseburger is not gourmet. Yeah, awesome. Well, it, it's like I love we're a talking. It's a ninety-nine dollar phone. If, you, if people are going to complain, it's a ninety-nine dollar phone. Remember that. It's like saying that mm. a cheese. You're complaining that a cheeseburger is not gourmet. It's uh, it's it is what it is. You get what you pay for. As far as I'm concerned, cheeseburger is gourmet without the pickles, though, because pickles that's just stupid. <laughs> but anyway, I like the pickle. I can't nah, pickle. pickle no, nah. I I oh, specifically I... order without the pickle now because I don't have the trouble taking it out. Anyway, the screen. Not that in... I eat a lot of McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm fine with that. The screen, the screen on this uh, device is not great. You know, it's not as bright, but it's it's a fantastic screen. Um, the camera ain't as good as a flagship phone, but it works. And for Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, it'll be great. Um, and it's running KitKat, so you know it's not running an old version of Android. So the apps, when you if you give it to your kids, they're not going to complain about the version of Android. The most likely That's thing exactly. they'll complain about is, is maybe the point. speed. You made a great point there about. You've got to think who this is for. Like you and I, we, we see all. You know, we were talking about an eight hundred dollar uh, handset from Huawei, same company though. We talk about all these premium phones and all the top end of town. Mm. You got to think of who this is for. Now, for for someone, a student or someone maybe first time smartphone user, that's the people we're talking about. Not that's not right. the if you're a tech geek and you're really critical of your phone, you're going to spend more and that's be right. happy with that purchase. That's what we've got to keep in mind here. There's two audiences for this phone in my, my mind. And the first one is, I'll talk about the, the elderly first. Look, if you need a, need a phone and are going to buy one, you're going to struggle to find a dumb phone anymore. I mean, I was at a, a service station today and they had a little Samsung, you know, candy bar with the buttons, you know, $29 or something. But, you know, that is a very basic phone that is only going to call on text. And in this day and age, I mean, even even grandparents are wanting to get on Facebook, you know, share see photos, let alone share them. So... The thing I love about this phone, and it's actually, I don't know where it sits in Android, but certainly on, on all the Huawei devices, they have a simple home screen. And it allows you to look actually just have a home screen that is nothing more than just some basic icons. And I actually think that is a sensational part of the phone because it means that, um, you know, you can have very, very simple layout. I'll show you here on the, uh, on the, on the M8. Um, this is the home screen. Oh, it won't focus, but... Um, it's just a few a few icons. I'll put it in an angle there. You can kind of, it's just a few icons instead of all the normal yep. apps. That on the on the ninety nine dollar phone makes it perfect for someone who who doesn't want a smartphone. But secondly, Absolutely. if you're a parent debating the first phone for your son or or, or daughter, a ninety nine dollar phone. Listen, if they break it, um, 
get them a new one in two months, put them on, on punishment for a month to pay for it again. And the yeah. final thing I'll say is for $99, let's be clear, $99, you get $40 value. So you get a one month um, inclusion. So it's only $59 for the phone. And then you get three months Spotify, which is another $35 odd worth. You're paying $25 for the phone. You get a month's usage sure. and three months Spotify. It's hard to argue with, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I think like price-wise, you, you, it's really uh, – and we often talk about the, the – we've used the term the low-hanging fruit, mm. the, 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 that entry-level market that, that I think is where – I think we're at 80% penetration of smartphones already in Australia. That last 20% is not going to come from the top end. It's going to come from the bottom end where people are taking up smartphones for the first time using devices like this. And I just realized that I'm actually gesturing while I'm talking because we're doing video now. I don't normally do that, but that's what I'm doing. But I, I can't the, prove that you don't normally do that, by the way. Spot on. Spot on because uh, no, I think very smart move on Vodafone's part, smart move on Huawei's part, and that's where the rest of that twenty remaining 20% of customers are going to come from. Not mm. from the top end. Yep. They're going to come in at that entry level. 100%. Um, uh, you can read my full review of the... Uh, uh, $99 phone from uh, from Vodafone and Huawei at eftm.com.au. Another shout-out to JJ, who's just very happy that we gave him a shout-out. Uh, Robert Rigby, uh, still watching. Where's your Harry Potter scar, Trevor? Oh, that's, um, you know, see, it's gone. It only took a week to get to get rid of. I'm not wearing makeup, I promise. Uh, yeah, and and Rob makes a very good point. Uh, loving the video. Uh, love seeing the podcast. Love, love seeing the products you're talking about. Leave the pickle out, so he agrees. But uh, but finally, he also says drug dealers still use dumb phones. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I'm sure they do. You listen yeah, to exactly t- right. Well, although Trevor, a lot of people think you and I are drug dealers because we often carry phones. around three or four phones at a time. But anyway, that's uh, that's another story. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I, I I did. There was a story on a current affair tonight about tablets, which we filmed like two weeks ago. And on the on the table were like fifteen tablets, and the the tragic thing about that is I didn't have to do anything; they were just in my cupboard. Uh, so you know the drug dealer thing is a problem for us in technology. You're listening to two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And we've talked about it over and over again, and I think it's worth continuing to talk about the products like the Nighthawk X6 tri-band Wi-Fi router. There's never been Wi-Fi like it. This is a router with breakthrough tri-band Wi-Fi technology that's built to connect to each and every device in your home so it automatically and simultaneously connects laptops, tablets, phones, TVs, game consoles, music streaming cameras, doesn't matter what it is. If it's Wi-Fi enabled, the X6 will accelerate it. And uh, with its massive combined wireless speed of 3.2 gigabits per second, three Wi-Fi bands, and smart connect intelligence that moves the devices between the right network to get the fastest speeds for all your devices, every device is assigned the fastest speed and and optimised for maximum speed. Check it out at your local retailer or at netgear.com.au. Netgear, proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, a lot of people wouldn't realize that when you get a text message from your carrier saying you're 50% of your data usage, you're at 85% of your data usage, or you're 100%, you're actually days ago. Like, that's that's data from two days ago. So if two days ago you, you were at half and then you got a text message today, you may have used that other half by music streaming or whatever it is. Telstra today announced something that is 
fair dinkum common sense. And I said this on the radio today in Brisbane. I'm like, this is, it's almost ridiculous that we haven't had this. Telstra is finally giving alerts in real time. So when you get a 50% message usage, that's because you just used 50%, not two days ago. 85, 100%, they happen in real time. The app will update in real time as well as the SMS alerts. It's a great move. The question is when the other telcos are going to follow. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think that uh, it is a great move. You know, we can put a man on the moon, but we can't send you a uh, real-time mobile data alert. Hello, then it's uh, about time that the technology is caught up with our real lives. Uh, so I, I applaud the move from Telstra. Although there are other carriers that, and and I, I'm, uh, I use an app to to track my data usage. Mm. So I wonder uh, if those apps uh, w- would be real time. I'd imagine there may be some delay to them. I think they, there's even a disclaimer to say they may be a few right. hours old. So not so sure, but um, I think now uh, now that Telstra have done it, and Telstra were, were always going to be the first to do this uh, with the with the size of their network and the size of their customer base. They always like to do things first. Uh, but I still think though the apps are still a good way to monitor your data and how real time they are. I think there's still I think it's data it updates every 15 minutes. So I don't know how much data you can download in 15 minutes, but there is still. <laughs> A little delayed, so it's not quite real time, but uh, we're getting closer and ever closer, Trevor. Yeah, look, a two blokes top tip is if you've got an Android phone, go into the data usage settings, under under settings, spend a bit of time there. Set your monthly cycle date, set your data limit, set your own alert, because the data, it's it's not 100% accurate, because the data that your telco counts is not the same as what your smartphone counts, but by geez, it's close. Your cell phone knows exactly how much data Google Play Music is using, for example, or Spotify. So set those alerts up and use it. On an iPhone, you can do similarly. It's just not as much detail, but you can certainly reset the data and you should check it there because that's another great way of knowing exactly how much data you're using. But again, be wary, uh, keep alert, and uh, good news from Telstra. And we love good news, especially when it's from Telstra because they're big and lots of people use them. And Bill Shock's a pain, and it shouldn't be around anymore. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we're definitely in the age of the smartwatch. Uh, no one can doubt that. We've seen a few Android Wear smartwatches, and there's a soon-to-be-released Apple Watch that uh, everyone's waiting to early 2015 to see. But uh, this week, LG released yet another uh, smartwatch. It's the G Watch R, and I have it right here. I don't know how well you can see that. There we go. You can see my the round face. Mm. It does have a circular OLED screen, and uh, as you can see, that there's a display. It's got the hours, and minutes, hand, the second hand. So it actually, from a distance, looks like a real watch. In fact, I was wearing it. <laughs> a real watch. A real watch. I mean, that's, that's what we're comparing these things to: well, real watches. Well, it's a real analog watch, let's just say. I, I, I remember wearing it, and people saw the, some notifications coming to my wrist, and they say, "What's happening to your phone?" And, and they realise it's actually a a digital screen, not a real, not an analog watch. So that was uh, fascinating for them. But the G Watch R has that round face. It's got that classic styling. So their their first watch was was square, it was sort of a, it looked like a gadget rather than a watch. This has that classic circular design, that classic styling. has a leather strap as well that's uh, interchangeable. Now, anyone in the uh, in the watch uh, who knows a bit about watches, this is a standard 22 millimeter watch band mm. that you can go into any jeweler or watchmaker and swap out for a new band. 
So smart move on LG's part, rather than them coming up with their own proprietary band system uh, that Apple is going to be uh, using with their devices, they've decided to make this watch, uh, the smartwatch, have a normal uh, interchangeable band system that is on watches that have been around for decades. I must say, so, you know... Back, well, sorry, just one last thing. Mm. On the back there is the heart rate sensor. Yep. So not only does it give you your notifications and, uh, you know, your text messages, your uh, social media notifications, Notifications as well. It's also a health device. You can take your heart rate. There's a. It's got a light sensor right in the centre of that. There. They, they are the uh, on the on that side here near my finger. That's the charging uh, points as well. And it does come with a circular charging plate that I'm holding up here. It does sit on that plate. So when you want to charge it, you connect a USB cable to that plate, and it does charge the phone. Battery. I've had this for oh, nearly a week now, and it lasts a day and a half, and that's having the display on all the time. So rather, it does dim out a little bit when you move your wrist. It gums full brightness. You can choose, though, to have the screen dim out completely, and that sort of adds another half day to your battery life. But day and a half, uh, but it does charge up very quickly, though. Within, within an hour or so, hour and a half, it's fully charged. I think, um, you know, we've got the Moto 360. We've got the LG that, um, that have that round clock face. I've got to be honest, I worry that Apple's, miss this game i you know i love the apple watch the look of it and the feel of it but you know there is something about a normal looking watch that is simpler to accept for the mass public and i think that's where lg and moto for example uh have a huge advantage you can see here from the thickness of the watch too that it is, is doesn't look any different to say Amazing. a casio g-shock it, it looks pretty much the same Mate, that thing compared um, to the casio g-shock i'm currently wearing that that thing's tiny i mean that's the thing there are big bulky watches around and here we are with a device that has a computer screen in it and a computer in it it's, it's amazing. Well, one difference, though, you know, the Moto 360's got a circular screen, mm. but it's got that annoying little wedge taken wedge out of the bottom, bottom you know, yeah. that little part of the screen. Mm. This goes all the way. This is fully I'll, – uh, I'll wake the screen up so you can actually see something different on the screen. Yeah. There. So this – this the whole screen, the whole circular screen is active. There's no And that's because they've, they've got a, a larger bezel around it, which is thicker, and that's all they've done is just cover up the, the circuitry into, into a lower point. Yep. It's very, very smart from LG. It's a good-looking watch, and you can uh, look out for Stephen's full review – at uh, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Uh, now, before we get to your minute reviews, let me just throw something at you that I've been playing with this week. And look, I played with the Harman Kardon Esquire uh, Bluetooth speaker several months ago, and I thought it was just magnificent. Very good looking design, had a kind of leatherette feel to it. It was a very nice thing. They sent me this this one here, which is the um, the Esquire Mini. Now, straight up, it's obviously small, but it's stupidly thin as well has a very nice design the the kickstand kind of kind of flicks out from the back it's it's elegant leather back uh, plus the chrome stand and the front of it is look it's just beautiful design but then i said to myself well what can you fit into this into this tiny little thing so what i'm holding up here for those listening via the podcast is you know two centimeters thick i I did two things because it's a speakerphone as well it's got a telephone button on it so i went well i'm going to test that and and I uh, I got Paul Murray I think it was called me and I sat here on my desk right and I took the call. It's one of the clearest calls I've ever taken. It was just the quality of the call was excellent and it made me think of people who do sit at home, work alone, or work in a home office alone, or, or just in an office alone. Speakerphone means you don't have to have your phone up to your ear for any concerns you have around that. This thing was excellent quality for that and the music 
unbelievable. Obviously, nowhere near as good as a, a speaker that's bigger and with with more um, more bass and stuff built into it. But for what yep. it is, unbelievable sound. Now it is in you know, a Harman Kardon. It isn't cheap. It's two hundred and twenty nine dollars. But I actually think for two twenty nine, this is top value. And you know, it's probably for people who are looking for that slightly you know higher end Christmas gift or birthday present. Top stuff. Um, yeah. Harman Kardon. Being Harman Kardon, of course, uh, it, it does really uh, it does say a lot about the Bluetooth speaker market. The, mm. the bands like brands like Harman Kardon, the, you're now seeing Bose. All these top brands are now coming into that space. Uh, it really does. There's a lot of quality around. And, and what the beauty of the Bluetooth speaker market, there's a lot of choice. If you want to spend 50 bucks on a Bluetooth speaker, you can. But if you want a better quality audio, you can spend two twenty, three hundred mm. on those better brands. Yeah. And yeah, Harman Kardon, terrific. My, the speakers in my car are Harman Kardon, so I listen to them every day. Uh, they produce some great audio. Good stuff. You can read my full review at eftm.com.au. Now, we'll wrap up the show, as always, with Stephen's Minute Reviews. A couple of great products today, uh, including uh, a fitness band from our mates at Garmin, Garmin Vivo Smart. That is uh, that's right. But before I do that, Trevor, that's the first time I've ever seen you dance during a sting. Do you do that all the time, or is that what happens uh, just for the Today Show, or what? What do you do? You're you're bopping bopping away back there. I've been. Is caught that out. a regular occurrence, mate? Or I've been caught out. I bop. Okay, I bop a Let's lot. talk about the Garmin Vivo Smart. I'm wearing it on my wrist right now. It's got a OLED screen built in, but you can only see it when it's active. So when the screen fades out, it just becomes a plain black screen, just a plain black color. And what I really like about this device, apart from it, like if you don't want to wear a watch, we just spoke about smartwatches two minutes ago, but this device can kind of cover all bases. It's part part activity tracker, part smartwatch. So it can tell the time. It can tell you how many steps you've taken. It's got a live connection with via Bluetooth to your smartphone. can track your sleep, can do everything. Trevor's now eating. Um, so... The Garmin Vivo Smart, another another great feature is its battery. The battery goes forever. It's seven-day battery life, which is, I think, slightly better than the Jawbone. The, 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 this, my Jawbone, I found I had to charge every four to five days. This has been running seven days and hasn't told me to charge it yet. So uh, terrific. The app is good. App's not quite as good as Jawbone, but it does give you a bit more information right there on your wrist. So rather than you having to dive into the app to see how you're traveling with, say, the Jawbone Up24, you can just double tap and scroll through all that information on your screen. It also gives you the notifications. So if you get a text message, email, it does come through the band as well. Gives you a nice little, little subtle little vibration on your wrist to know that you've got either a call coming. What I like about it, I, I have my phone in my back pocket and it does vibrate when you're getting a call. Sometimes you're in a noisy shopping center, you don't hear your phone and don't feel it vibrating, but on your wrist you can feel the vibration and see who's calling so you know to reach down and grab the phone. So the Garmin Vivo Smart, it's $199, and uh, I I, I rate this as one of the better activity trackers on the market. Definitely. um, I'm a big fan of it. My only only feedback to Garmin on it is that with the notifications, you've really only got um, kind of three options. One is to have it off completely. One is to have them on with vibrations. The other one is to have them on with privacy so they don't show the message, but it still vibrates. I want the full message without the vibration. So I'd love that to be a firmware upgrade in in, in the near future. So um, 
Check out uh, Stephen's full review of the Garmin Vivo Smart at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Thanks, Rob, for the message on Twitter with the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. And, of course, if you can work out what I'm eating, and a, and a good regular regular Twitter follower will know what I'm eating, I don't know, there's a prize. Anyway, Stephen's uh, final review, and this is cracking, um, and uh, it is uh, made by our sponsors, Netgear, but um, marketed entirely by Telstra. Uh, a Wi-Fi hotspot, mate, with the 4GX built in. 4GX, there it is there. I don't know if you can see that screen very clearly, but it does uh, display. Oh, now it's going to show my uh, my password and my, my network name. I won't be flashing that up too quickly, but it is made by Netgear. You're right, and you keep eating away there, Trevor. Don't worry about me. The uh, the Netgear at Wi-Fi Advanced 2. Now, this has the ability to tap into the 4GX network that we spoke about, I think, a week ago or the week before. Uh, it does connect you to that 700 megahertz spectrum as well as the 1800 spectrum as well. Uh, it also has AC, 802.11ac on board. You can connect up to 10 devices with the, the Advanced 2 hotspot. So if you've got the latest smartphone or tablet or, or uh, laptop computer with 802.11ac, and it will connect you to the device even faster. Now, the, the device has also a built-in uh, lithium-ion battery, a rechargeable battery that can run for about 11 hours straight. So it's good for all-day use and can connect you very quickly to the Telstra 4G network. The screen itself tells you not only the name of your network and also your password, but how much data you've got left, how many days until your data roaming runs out. So it does give you plenty of information. It also tells you the number of devices connected at once. Speeds, they're saying up to 100 megabits per second. Well, that we've gone past that. We've had more than well, up to 150 megabits per second, uh, even in, uh, in, in our, our lying areas. If you're just on the regular 4G, you're still going to get in, in the vicinity of 50 megabits per second. So stand uh, this will be out November 25. We got an early look at it because uh, they announced their 4GX uh, a week ago and they wanted these out at the same time. It's going to be available for November 25, $25 a month on a 24-month plan. That includes the device for free and also 8 gig of data per month. The 4G Wi-Fi Advance 2 from Telstra. 8 gig of data for 25 bucks a month? 55. I said 55. Right, okay. Not 25. I was going to say, that's the best deal ever from Telstra. Out. Out. So you were too busy eating. You weren't listening. It was November the 25th. So November 25 is out, and it's 55 per month on a 24-month contract. With eight gig of data. It's so a yes. podcast. We'll be able to roll back the tape and check. You're listening to. You can check out Stephen's full <laughs> review at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching. Uh, to the uh, few people who put up with it. Um, thank you for watching. And uh, for those listening and wondering what we're talking about, uh, we record every Wednesday night. Uh, normally around nine thirty. A little bit late tonight because we're trying to work it out. So nine thirty Wednesday nights. We might give this a crack again next week. You never know your luck. Um, it was a bit of fun. In fact, i I, I got to be honest, I quite enjoyed it. Um, and it's also yes. good fun to have you listening along and, and joining with us. Uh, Total Rob and Rob and Rob. Lots of Robs listening and Samuel and, yeah. and others. Um, we only know you, you're, you're watching via a number. It tells me how many people are watching. But it's also good to jump on Twitter and, uh, and say good day or Facebook, whatever it might be. But uh, you can catch us here each and every week, 9.30 on a Wednesday night. And also the podcast, of course, is at uh, iTunes and on Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. Stephen, see you next week. 
Yes, you will. Uh, hopefully, word will spread that the blokes are expanding into video. Uh, we're uh, we decided to give it a try. We are two blokes talking tech after all, and tech is uh, we're giving it a try. So uh, hopefully, word will spread, and uh, we can do this every week. But thanks for those who did bother to tune in to put up with looking at our two mugs for <laughs> half an hour. Uh, it's been great, and it's great to watch you dancing and eating, Trevor, too. It's uh, added a whole new dimension to the podcast. Absolutely. And for those, uh, thank you, Stephen. We'll talk next week. And for those who are watching, you'll realize why I'm playing this. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Have a look. Uh, uh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I'm wearing the t shirt as well. There you go. Sing along, Stephen. South Sydney, Sydney on. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back next week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. South Sydney. <laughs> <laughs>